everyone. My name is Vidya. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Fitbox. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Goal Getters podcast. This is where we speak to founders and leaders who truly believe in the power of strategy and execution. Now, if you remember the last time you needed high quality care, less than five kilometers from home and a personalized experience, you would definitely have Health Assure on your mind. Health Assure's goal from day one is to reduce the yawning gap between people and health. With a razor-sharp focus on primary care, they have built a wide network of over 7,000 medical centers across 1,200 cities in India. Leading primary health scale, we are delighted to host Health Assure CEO, Varun Gera. Varun, a very, very warm welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Vidya. Pleasure to be here. You know, it's truly an honor. And, uh, you, you know, one of the things which actually catch my eye is the mission with which you started Health Assure. So if you could tell us a little more about your backstory, how did you really transition from the corporate you were in Deloitte and G into entrepreneurship and then to Health Assure? Yeah, so I think I was one of the people who started late in the entrepreneur journey. So I was 41 at that time. But prior to this, yes, I was in United Healthcare. It's the largest health company in the world. I was there for five years. I've been in G Money, ICSA Bank, and so consulting side. So when I was at United Healthcare, I realized the big potential when it comes to healthcare in India, and more so on the primary care side. And I realized that you know, most companies will not be able to solve it. It requires entrepreneurs to do that job. And given the work we had done, I think, you know, the confidence level was, was very high that we can do it. And I just decided one day that I need to make the jump. And that's how it started. You know, fantastic, uh, Varun. And, and I think what's most noteworthy is that uh, you've actually been running Health Show for 12 years. And many times startups start and probably perish after a few years. So tell us about how, how did you really keep it going? Tell us a little bit about early stage, what went through your experiences into the later stages of Health Show. So I think for the entrepreneur, I think every day is is another day, right? So, you know, the funny part is that when I started, you know, I was told that it's going to last one year of being, you know, tough. Crossed one year, they said, no, it's not one, it's actually two. Then I crossed two. Then they said, no, actually, it's a thousand days. So I crossed, the, you know, the thousand days. They said, you know, it's going to be like 10, 12 years. So, yeah, I think, uh, but now the way I look at it, it's basically, so every day you pass, I think you have to just turn the wheel. Beyond a point, you just stop looking at the years and you just keep doing that. But you have to just reinvent yourself almost every day. Yeah, that's so true. And you're right, you know, every year it seems like, you know, that's the last year, but there's so much more to be done. And that's what keeps us going as entrepreneurs. There are many companies and individuals across the globe who would love to learn more about Health Assure. And I think I've not done enough of justice to the introduction. So could you tell us a little more about Health Assure, the impact and what really goes on, especially from a customer's perspective? So what we have created over the last 12 years is the largest HMO. So that's our industry kind of terminology, which basically means that we build the largest medical network focused on primary care. So across 1,200 cities and for any person living in these cities, for that person within five kilometers, we provide 65,000 permutation combination of primary care. So that's really called a very, very rich HMO. And once you have that, uh, then you can create products on it. And of course, we get half the price. You know, we work with pretty much most of the insurers from the LICs and Boopers to Cigna's, you know, uh, Prudentials, et cetera. We lease a network to them. In any month, we service 700 cities. We work with the largest corporates like all G companies, other Tibberla companies, Accenture, et cetera. The employees come to us and uh, we have more than 100 doctors doing teleconsultations throughout the day. And the finally is the B2C. So I think what we really done is 
you know, health is such a complex kind of a industry that for individuals to try and navigate through the entire ecosystem seems like a very, very tedious task. And of course, it's it's expensive. So how can you make that closer to them, not only in terms of access, but price, quality, etc. So we're really trying to make for the end customers health a much more simpler thing to navigate than they were without us. Fantastic, Varun. Thank you for sharing that. You know, it's not easy to build the scale that you're operating in. And many a time, you know, I'm sure you'll probably go back in memory lane and think about the first city that got into and then from then scaled into the next 10. So tell us a little bit about how did you really plan that scale? Because I'm sure it wouldn't have happened through serendipity. You would have had some structure to it. Yeah, so I think the structure is very important, but serendipity is also fairly important. Sometimes you have to wait for that, you know, lady luck to kind of shine on you. But yes, I think when we started, you know, for us just to be existing was good enough to have some clients and to be able to pay the bills. Then it was about funding, then it was about how do we become bigger, etc. But but yeah, I think, you know, we've built a lot. I think we've built over many, many pillars. So I think we, of course, needed to have a very, very rich network to be able to say we need to have, you know, we have the network to have technology, to have distribution, you know, to have a product team. So, you know, all these things can kind of add them one at a time and they can take you to some point. But it, again, I think, you know, there'll be some point where you realize that it is not moving beyond. So you'll have to kind of reject things, maybe change the DNA. And then I've seen that, when you get stuck, typically for us, uh, my experience has been that it takes around two and a half, three years of being stuck because you're building some assets to try and cover up for the for the ground, which is actually the missing piece. So yeah, I think uh, it's it's a constant thing. I think that you know that happens now. That that's that's happened in the future, in you know in the past as well as the future. So scaling is a process, and I think if you just learn what you're missing. And so true, Arun, and I'm sure there are a lot of decision points that you'd have gone through as a founder, especially with the scale. And they also say that many times there are a lot of circular problems that founders go through. So for instance, we have, we don't have the resources, but we need to hire. And once we hire, there may be a time, you know, to kind of get the returns. Are there any circular problems that you faced as a founder? And how did you really move through it? So for the entrepreneur, I think you always have circular problems. You have to try yeah. to learn to be a little comfortable with them. So they exist right now. They existed even the day I started. So I remember going to meet a, a VC long back before I started. And I said, hey, I need the funds. And then I'll start the business. And the person said, you know, just start the business. And I said, you know, but how can I start the business? He's saying, you know what, you will get the funds if you have the business. And once you have the business, you'll have the employees. So he's saying that you'll have to kind of work on the circular thing. So the employees have to know that you're going to get the business. The business needs to know that you have the funds and the funds need to know that you have the employees and, you know, the business. So it is always circular. But I think you have to just realize that the steps which are in between are the ones which are more important. And you can take those steps because this is not like a circular in like within a second, I think. But if you keep moving forward, you just make sure that when the circle completes, you have, you know, completed the, the conflicting part. But I think, yeah, I think whether it's employees who who think that, you know, they want to, you know, make a bet on your company, whether it's the investors, whether it's the clients, I think it's 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 always circular problems. But it's so true. And uh, congrats again for the pre-Series B that you had raised, uh, you know, probably last year. We're always rooting for you on that. Um, but I'm sure, you know, especially as, as you were calling out these circular problems, I was also trying to kind of link uh, the two strategy and scale. So especially when you're scaling a company, there would be some strategic levers that you would be pulling. So if you could 
talked a little bit about, you know, what are those strategic levers that you pull, let's say, mm-hmm. the first zero to one year, and then one to two years, and then beyond, right? And then especially to scale with that structure with serendipity, of course. Yeah, so I think you have to always be able to have the vision, which is to say, where am I headed? And what is it that's required to get there? And sometimes the conviction of having the vision, mostly I would say, I think with with time, I think you just get better in terms of where you're getting and the opportunity identification. So I would see that most of the really, really good entrepreneurs, they're always right in terms of getting, you know, having a vision and actually getting there. So I think once you have the vision, I think you pretty much have to just figure out how do you kind of walk that thesis and achieve that. Sometimes it doesn't kind of match up. Sometimes the market is not ready and stuff like that. And sometimes I would say persistent space. And sometimes you have to change the tact. Sometimes you have to say that instead of going straight, I'm going to have to go maybe go around, navigate and make the market ready before I get there. So I would say vision is very important if you look at your missing pieces as well. Many of the missing pieces are actually a, a reflection of you and your current team, the fact that you, that's a missing piece. So as entrepreneurs, you have to always try and cover up that gap and saying, what do we not know? Or what do we need to get stronger in what we have not been strong? So I think all these things kind of fit into that walking the path towards the vision, which is the strategy. Wonderful. Thanks, Varun. So, you know, again, uh, coming to strategy and, and then execution, and you spoke a lot about teams actually a couple of times during your uh, you know narrative of looking back and wh- where you're taking health issue. Tell us a little bit about how you really build a world-class team, and especially with the scale you have, ensuring like a seamless customer experience to over 1,200 cities, and that's no trivial task. So we'd love to learn more about that. Yeah, I think health itself is a fairly complex and a very emotive subject. So if someone has a poor health experience, I think we really, the customer doesn't like it. And of course, I think you know we also suffer in that respect. So I think for us to get the scale along with the quality is very important. And I think this is where your systems and your people and your processes and your KPIs kind of need to fit in well so that what you're building on is stable. I think most times, I think that is not the case. So you have it kind of stable. I think it is a continuous process. You cannot let your eyes go off and just keep focused on it and just keep making it better and better. Especially, I think in our business, I think where we have so many cities and healthcare and it's a daily product and so many transactions, we do maybe around a lakh and a half transactions a month. So yeah, I think it is fairly tedious. This is where no, I think what you are sitting and building on has to be very strong. Without a doubt, uh, Varun, th- thanks for sharing that. Are there specific examples that you could share with our audience on practices that you put into place within Health Assure that you're extremely proud of, which gives both the people as well as the customer experience in return? So we'd love to hear a little more about that. Yeah, I can maybe just give you some inklings because it's a, it's a very, very deep subject. You know, how is it, what is there on the ground, which is supposed to be tied up with the Apollo clinics or the SRLs or Suburbans. How do we know that all those centers are right? How do we know that they were right last week as well? How do we know that what is right is in the system in the right way? How do we know that when they're booking an appointment, there are no glitches within that? How do we know that every customer has various navigational tools to be able to change things, etc. And of course, then it comes to operations, which is when the customer is, you know, utilizing the services, could be a GP, could be a tele-doctor. How do we know that the delivery which is happening is right? Where's the NPS coming in? And how are we looking at the NPS in the right way? It's really, you know, what we built is an ecosystem. 
and there are just too many moving paths and to build an ecosystem i think everything has to connect and as management of course we have to look at all the relevant kpis and kind of track them very closely and so true because these are so interconnected in terms of the experience when it comes to goal management i think you spoke about kpis and how do you really ensure alignment of all these metrics and and of course the okrs aside but you know if we zone into kpis itself they also could be fairly aligned so would love to know more about how you're doing this i think the first and most important thing is you know whether your organization is believes in or has the philosophy of saying that i need to achieve that particular outcome i think for us it's growth and customer experience uh, things like that so that is the most you know important thing you can have all the kpis in the world but i think if you look at the reports you can miss the main the main picture really uh, so i think the first thing is first and i think the second thing is how do you look at what you want to build and what you want to hold i think how those kpis you know flow up the organization of course i think i don't need to know about everything but i need to know about a few things maybe the second level needs to also know about something more all the departments need their own kind of kpis for the entire thing to flow and ride and for us to have the focus and the belief to say you know no matter what happens we can't slip on it that's what just keeps you going fantastic thanks varun and truly meaningful because you can't measure everything but as you know the founder and entrepreneur you actually want to measure those vital few to really have a stellar impact on customer experience and that's right. what you're really really intending towards so this is really really very valuable varun and uh, thank you so much for sharing this journey because i think there's a lot of depth in what you've shared right from when you started to how you scaled to how you brought it to 7000 as part of your network in 1200 cities studio feet to behold so thank you very much for sharing that so we're going to call it a wrap with a rapid fire round are, are you ready for that No. Okay. Great. Varun your favorite business book. There's a book called The Hard Thing About Hard Things. I I kind of love that. It kind of fits into what we're doing out here. One of my favorites as well. Great pick. Yeah. Varun when you're not working you would rather trekking in the mountains. Ah, okay. And you get enough time for that? Yes, I do. Okay. I, I try and do it at least once in a year and we do some, you know, high altitude treks. Yeah. Oh, lovely. So I I'm already guessing your favorite holiday destination but what yes. would be your pick? <laughs> yeah, I think for me it'll again be the mountains but I think for the family it's you know I think we travel a lot and we love to go to the cultural areas which could be within India uh, or it could be abroad. As a family we love cultural stuff. Lovely. Your favorite quote that inspires you to get up every morning and run health assured like never before. Well that's a tough one. I think what comes to your mind is always just do it kind of stuff you know. Yeah. You have to keep doing it you know that's 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 one yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And Varun your advice to other entrepreneurs who are on the path to scaling and they want to learn from you as to what should they keep in mind to make it happen. You know I think the biggest asset an entrepreneur has is reflecting. There's so many things we don't know about outside we don't know about inside as well and we have to keep improving every day so i think that's probably the the most key thing for you to be able to uh, look at things and saying now from here where and what do i need to change and stuff like that i think reflection is probably the most important thing thanks varun for sharing those pearls of wisdom and it's been a truly truly valuable conversation i'm sure our audience across the globe are going to love it uh, thank you so much and we wish health assured the very best as you scale 10x and beyond Thanks a lot uh, with you. My pleasure being here. Thank you Varun.